0: Hello everybody, this is Paul Miller, and you're listening to the Town Talks podcast located in Venice, Louisiana, the fishing capital of the world. Alright guys, we're here today with uh, Season 2, Episode 2, and we got a very special guest. This is uh, Bill Butler. Uh, He is one of the owners of Venice Marina, and uh, go ahead and say hey to everybody, Bill.
1: Yay! (laughs) How y'all doing out there?
0: Yeah. He also goes by Cuz. I was going to ask you, man, how would you get that nickname anyway? Well, I didn't
1: get the nickname. Is that uh, I'm real bad with names, but I remember faces.
0: So you just tell everybody, everybody Hey, Cuz, hey, how you
1: doing? <laughs> Can't be. You know, everybody does bro or, hey, you know, hey, man. But just Cuz stuck with me. Cuz.
0: So yeah. that's, that's what I know you as. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: Most people do it around the country, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So, uh, man, go ahead and tell us uh, – maybe your first time in Venice or whenever y'all bought it, wherever you want to start, tell us, you know, just. Uh,
1: just a little history, man. Just uh, Mike and I, we grew up on a, little, on a little island on the west side of the river called Cox Bay over there. on I mean, uh, just south of ports of them. We had to cross the river and go to school, so we actually, you know, grew up in the in the deltas and stuff. Really? Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> I
0: had no idea. That's yeah, pretty cool, man. Yeah,
1: so we were born and raised on the water and always been in the Plaquemines Parish and, you and, uh, mm, we was in the special events and traveled around the country and got bought out and decided to come on back to the water. And here we are.
0: Yeah, so y'all bought Venice Marina. Yeah, and
1: Venice Marina back in uh, 04, right before Katrina. And uh, here we are today.
0: Wow, wow. I bet that was pretty tough, huh? A year later getting swamped by that.
1: Ah, uh, well, I mean you just got, you know, you got to start somewhere. You know, you was already at the bottom, so the only way you can go do is go up. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. It's just life, right? But, you you yeah, pick up and you just keep going. And you know, you had second thoughts, but people, you know, we we didn't open up the road coming into the marina just because we didn't want people in here as we was cleaning up, but we had to end up pulling so many people out trying to get in here and man they, they they had fishing rodeos and stuff out the parking lot while we were still cleaning up and <laughs> so finally we cleaned up the road keeping you know, so people could get in here but right it right. was uh it and then that was a good that was a good sign and, you know yeah. it's the best how fish. long did it
0: take after katrina before y'all got power back down here
1: our first tournament was uh um uh, oh shit uh next door is mr renee and them uh up at we was i think may 28th is when we got power june or june 1st is whenever uh steve's tom tournament was here uh gulf coast canyon uh mississippi canyon tournament Mm -hmm. and uh that's when we got power wow yeah so it
0: was like like eight months nine months later yeah
1: yeah i mean you didn't hear a bug around here till may really You didn't have a bug you mean for months up until it was like probably mid late january before you seen a light bulb here I mean, a light bulb in Venice. Right, right. So That's that was all wild. the way to Bell Chase, you know. So
0: yeah, it, yeah. It was crazy. That was pretty crazy. And you guys, y'all have, uh, y'all also do, uh, like, y'all do the tournaments and stuff now, huh? You guys got the Crawl gator?
1: Yeah, I mean, we just, uh, you know, we did all the kingfish around the country, promoting the marina we got all the guys coming in here. And
0: really? So y'all go fish the SKAs? Yeah, we did, that. we did that for probably
1: about 15, 17 years.
0: Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, they used to be really big, man. I wish they would still kind of do <laughs> something like that. <laughs> they it's
1: still cool. do. They do a lot. They had this had a couple of tournaments ago, uh, I mean, a couple of weeks ago down in Key West. I mean, yeah, yeah. they had, uh, I'm, I'm off, but they had like six boats caught fish over 60. And Wow.
0: And yeah. I was down there one time on a, a spearfishing tournament in the Keys. And they had a kingfish tournament going on. Man, mm-hmm. I didn't believe how big them kingfish were. They had, the guy was second place with a 76 pounder. I was hey, hey, that's the land of the giants down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. No L- doubt. Land of the giants. No doubt. Um, so did y'all ever y'all want a lot of those or was no we want enough
1: to pay for our beer and stuff and pay for our entry fees and whatnot and then yeah I mean, yeah, yeah it, and it, it was it, fun it, it was
0: promoting venice the whole time the whole time and, you know, yeah
1: we had a bunch of the tournaments that came here and ran out of here so it was a plus plus for us right right you know as far as people coming here and and getting boats here then all you know all of a sudden you know you get five you get eight ten boats through the summer come tuna fishing and come stay a week so it was it was a win-win
0: yeah you know yeah, and that is, that's awesome I, I've I mean I've seen Venice grow you know since the time I've been here I got here in 2015 is when I started working down here and every year you know you see more and more you know fishing's good or bad or whatever but there seems to be more boats every year regardless and uh, I guess you've seen a lot of that as well. On the yeah,
1: it, it, even back when we bought the marina, you know, the west lump was real, hot, real hot. Uh, I mean, it was hot forever. Mm-hmm. It, still catching fish on it, uh, but it, the fishing has changed. Uh, the bait has moved from one from one side to the other side, and then further west. So you see a clarity of fish move, but it's it's been phenomenal even you know yeah
0: it has been i will say it has been really phenomenal. really good even man. the state
1: the uh the state biologists you know some articles a couple years a couple years ago uh how the, the healthy population when you get the big tunas and the little tunas mix them with the, with mm-hmm. the what you're catching says you can't. That get is much awesome. Yeah, that's awesome yeah that's
0: what you want to see for yeah. sure that's what means you got a variety of the sizes and all different ages of fish, which is what you want. For yeah, sure. I
1: think beaching them uh, at Medusa years back, uh, tagged the fish there, and I think a year or two years later they caught the fish back again.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. They do a lot of that kind of stuff. I, yeah. I need to talk to them more about that. Probably get them on the podcast. But yeah, that's uh, that's some cool stuff that they're doing with that. But it, for the sure.
1: kingfish was a was a big thing for us. It, it it helped bring a lot of folks down here. I mean, when you got one hundred twenty five, one hundred fifty boats coming, you yeah. know, between the Ska and the FLW and just local events, and you get the, the tournaments out of Biloxi, you know, everybody's going to come to the Delta.
0: Yeah. you know? I've always kind of – I've never been on, like, a like a team that's, you know, fished year after year, all the same people, but I could see that being so much fun when you have, like, the same group and you go from, you know, state to state fishing it, it, all those it,
1: stuff. There's a lot of com- – the camaraderie is where it's at. Yeah,
0: that's, and that's what it's all about, and fishing a, all together. You yeah, know what I mean? That's yeah. what it's about. So, I could see that being so much fun.
1: It, it's a small – it's a small
0: industry if you think about it yeah you know? yeah yeah so
1: you know somebody catches a fish here today everybody knows about it on the east coast before he puts it in the boat yeah yeah that's how quick it is
0: it is true like how the fishing community you know it's you always know somebody that knows somebody which is kind of cool you know especially yeah. when you're getting involved with tournaments and and, all that and those
1: stuff. people will help you in time of need as well
0: right 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 it's about friendships hey, brothers, yeah. everywhere that's right that's right <laughs> that's awesome yeah um, Treat
1: people like you want to be treated.
0: Right, right. When did y'all stop doing the SKS? Oh, uh, shoot! It was
1: when it, it just got sour for us. Right. You know, and, and uh...
0: when did y'all <coughs> buy the Crawl Gator?
1: Oh, the the one we got now, or the one before. I didn't,
0: the I first didn't know one when y'all we had.
1: bought uh, hull seven contender, the thirty six contender. Okay. From boat stuff, uh, bought from Jimmy Uh and it actually still in venice that that boat mm-hmm. and uh, we just recently re- uh, purchased the old one mike and i are getting it ready to go catch some mangroves and some red snapping for the restaurant
0: there you go and so y'all do all that huh y'all yeah. do all that yourselves yeah. y'all go out there and catch and the catch fish, fish yeah and so for the I customers know,
1: so i know what they eat yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, know yeah. They you they know where it came from. Exactly. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Because caught it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
0: that's right. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that gives you something to do, huh? <laughs>
1: yeah. And then now we, uh, we the new crawl gator, we bought an old 61 uh, Viking, actually, it was cheaper than a center console. So, uh, <laughs> And we've been having fun with it man we've been fishing them all in tournaments all it is is just king fishing on a bigger scale
0: yeah yeah that's it all it, it is, is bigger right tackle We put scale. them back there and hope it happens right <laughs> hey,
1: ain't about hope because we had we had
0: a win you there to win yeah. that's right that's right yeah, yeah. you got to get better that's Coming no in doubtful. seconds right. different yeah so how long after uh or how long have y'all been fishing the, the marlin tournaments <clears throat> oh just recently
1: just, yeah two years we had a yeah injury room firing that viking they had a we had a uh, uh blown fuel line on the number two cylinder right above the turbo so we had a so it went in some remab and refurbished uh, the engines and rebuilt them and just we want to we want some money last year some of the terms so we put it back in the boat
0: right and we right.
1: did the cockpit so yeah got That's some cool. bling on it and, and you uh, guys caught a
0: massive bluefin. why don't you go ahead and tell us about that man. Yeah. I, I haven't heard the story myself but i heard it was a good one
1: uh yeah it was we had just uh, come off that engine room fire just come off the shipyard that thursday of the captain's meeting we, they put us in the water about 4 30 that afternoon uh captain meeting was at six and uh, what tournament was it that was the first orange beach uh billfish classic okay and uh yeah i think it was like may 12th may 14th a couple years ago
0: yeah
1: and uh so we were still dirty off the shipyard coming in going to cabbage meetings we was all slimy and made it and we went to uh got it got the boat mike wasn't with us his daughter had a uh, graduation so we we head out we caught one marlin i think at delta house and sat around there and this was saturday around 10 we didn't have much time so we was working our way in Got to uh, ramp Pile, seen a bunch of the boys from Venice catching tuna fish. We caught a skipjack, cuz we put <laughs> had one skipjack in the tubes, and he would he threw water from this all the way to the salon door from Delta House to Rampile. <laughs> and we couldn't stay in the cockpit. <laughs> finally, we we trying to we had two one two put one pole out trying to two poles trying to catch some bait, and finally we said, "Eric, hey, I got to put him out because we, we couldn't stay in the damn in the cockpit." Right. So uh, we put him out and. Uh, it, he was about 20 minutes into it, and I went up to the front, got all my change out the drawer, told Eric put some Zodico on, put some Bojack on, cranked it all up, threw the, threw the money out, made a wish, got it, come out, the, come out the curve, and the ride went to screaming. And that's <laughs> a true story, cuz. Really? Oh, absolutely. Really? So like, it
0: ate that live skip ate that man?
1: live skipjack. Smoked him like a. I mean, just smoked it.
0: That's so awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, she see went to smallest tuna. It tuna huh? Yeah,
1: we didn't get to see the strike. The, really? Yeah that 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 little that little skipjack. He was he was swimming for his life. Really? I mean that outrigger <laughs> was just a jerkin'.
0: <laughs>
1: but when he popped it, the fish come up. Fish ate and it just stayed up on the surface, still feeding. He didn't even know it was hooked.
0: So y'all didn't even know it was a bluefin? No,
1: not at that time. He stayed up. He uh, we was on the south side of Rand Pyle, and he brought us all the way around to the west side of Rand Pyle on the surface. Mm-hmm. And we was backing up into it, hell it was water, foot in I had water in my boots from backing up into them five foot swells. Mm-hmm. And 45, had a 45 pound wahoo swimming around on the deck around there as we was backing up. It <laughs> <They'd> fish everywhere. <laughs> so the fish went down, went down, we just had the line spoon, we fished with accurate 80s, um, love accurate, uh, just light, dependable, mm-hmm. Last forever. and. Uh, Went fish went down, three, we had 300 yards of back, went all the way down, we had only 1,000 foot, so he went to the bottom, stayed there, come right back up, and he got on the surface again, we still thinking we're a marlin'. Come straight back up, shh, just rolling on the top. Really? Yeah, just rolling. and finally when he went down, he stayed down for a while, Then you can see just right there. I said, boys, we got us a whopper tuna fish right here. <laughs> I got him to the boat seven times, and then the last time, he went down to the bottom and I at th- three hours, because we had to leave by four. Just to make it in on on on, on pin, time on, yeah. on pins right. So uh, at three o'clock he went to bottom and it took me 30 minutes to pull him up from bottom. Wow,
0: at the bottom of Rampow, which is how deep?
1: Yeah, well, we was 1,100 foot. We had drifted off five miles
0: while we was fighting him. Right, and, right. And, so uh, you were on, you were coming back up on the shelf a little yeah, bit. Yeah, 1,100 feet. Wow.
1: Yeah, and I pulled him up out to chair. I didn't we didn't wasn't backing up on him. I had him coming. By that time I didn't have for an hour and a half. I had 55 pounds of drag and two gloves on him. Wow! Yeah, so
0: it was. Was he dead when he came up? Yeah, he was dead as a hammer. Really? Yeah, I had
1: come up. My crew wasn't too. My crew wasn't spoofy I told him. I said his mouth's gonna be open. His gill plates gonna be just flared out. I said just stick it behind the gill plate. So he tried sticking him in the gill plate with two big flying gas, but that didn't work so i actually come out much come out the chair reached around got an afco gaff and come out and stuck my own fish <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. yeah yeah you know boot down boot down bourgeois with bourgeois meat market he's he's he, he was he's awesome he had him lead it up and uh i had the gaff and jd was actually trying to put a rope through his gill plates and I couldn't get couldn't get the rope and then finally took a lanyard off one of the rods, which had the Kevlar on it, and stuck it through his gill plate, hooked him up, and we had him on the fourth pole trying to pull him up. We got him high enough, and Eric, over. yeah, Eric threw the boat back, threw about a three-foot wave over the transom. <laughs> back and it washed up. Washed us off to the salon door, and <laughs> the rest was history.
0: There you go. Yeah. How, how, big, how big was it? It
1: was 825 pounds. It was about four pounds off the Alabama record
0: really yep. and you know it's crazy because last week i did a, uh i did a podcast with captain clate james of the chasing tail and mm-hmm. he actually holds the state record mm-hmm. <laughs> the alabama state record that's yeah. pretty cool
1: yeah but it was uh the site when they came in off from uh from orange beach when we got there i asked eric i said eric how are these guys gonna plan on get this thing off this boat and i see two guys walking on the dock with two ropes and Boy, they got a little close. I said, cuz, y'all come get some of this thing. If y'all two think, <laughs> Come I mean, get him. <laughs> he was almost gunnel high. You know, he was a hundred. Really? Yeah, he was a hundred and ten, hundred and ten and a half inch fish. But I should have, I mean, I should have got the actual girth on him. But he was almost gunnel high on that 61 Viking. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. He took all the rubber off the, uh, off the gaskets on when he come through that door.
0: Really? Yeah, that was, was around him. Be honest with you. Yeah, that's pretty cool shit. That's what it's all about, man. You make stories and yeah. you do that. That's awesome, man. Going,
1: uh, going to Nova Scotia with the old guy Alex that owns, on, had on Invincible boats, fighting those m- fish up in Nova Scotia on a hundred pound drag was was a real help. Yeah, to how to fight a big fish i'm
0: sure yeah yeah that's a whole different ball game (laughs) (laughs) a big tuna fish like that (laughs) i like
1: to get down and dirty with them that's my favorite
0: you've been up there in nova scotia yeah yeah that's pretty cool i would like to do that one day yeah that's awesome
1: first fish i caught was 11 foot long over a thousand
0: over a thousand yeah really
1: 45 minutes
0: that's pretty cool. Yeah. You ever you ever go anywhere else other than Nova Scotia? No, fishing? I
1: mean there's the best fishing there is is right here. Right in the here, Gulf. that's yeah. right. Yeah, it's, it's so, hard to go anywhere else. I mean, I mean, I've come full circle, coming from a flatboat out of Cox Bay, and you know, coming from a little five and a half Johnson, with a little ten foot wooden boat that we made, with a little eight foot trawl, come you know, dragging through the all fields to having the marina, and you know, doing the all. Mar- it, it, it's full circle. It's all good.
0: Yeah. 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 Do you have any uh big dream catches that you kind of like oh, to for? Oh, I'm
1: I'm going to catch uh, over I'm going to catch a grand, probably about 1158 is what I'm thinking it's going to be. 1000 pound blue marlin? 1158.
0: Blue marlin, right?
1: Yeah, not yeah.
0: not 1158.
1: The record. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hanging next to that blue fin in there.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Hey, you know what? But that's what i tell I was talking to uh Eddie about this on his podcast, but there's something to fishing is you can set a goal for yourself and if you work hard enough and you put in the time eventually it'll happen so that's how it starts though is you got to think about it and you actually got to go out there and try and eventually it's, it'll and it's happen. not always about thinking if
1: you have you got to have the mindset to do it
0: yeah to do it go yeah. out there yeah. and do it yeah.
1: every wave every bait every yeah. time you move every little ripple that fish is going to hit yeah, yeah. if you don't have that mindset, you just—you got to have
0: every advantage possible uh, working you, for you, yourself. You got yeah.
1: you, you to have the the will, the power, and, and you just got to be have the drive.
0: Yeah, yeah, it happened to me this year. You know, I caught a, a. I set out. I wanted a. I wanted a 30 thirty pound triple tail this year. It was a goal no. I wanted. And I caught three of them, and it was it was amazing, man. It, that feeling of accomplishment, is something that'll sit with you for a long time.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it is. That, yeah, I've ate, yeah I've ate a few of those like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we they've eaten a lot of state and probably world records around here that. Uh,
0: what do you mean as far as, I mean, we can talk about conservation. Oh, it's 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 it's
1: great. I love conservation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mm-hmm. just wish they wouldn't be pulling all the platforms out around here. They're going to look back 10 years from now and say, God, what the heck no, did we, we do. do? Yeah, yeah, I you agree know? with that 100%. So, pulling out I, the
0: rigs is terrible. Yeah,
1: and I mean, I've talked to the, uh, to the wildlife and fisheries and those guys in the upper echelon and stuff, and it's just, eh this this is all this is how it's gonna roll
0: yeah that's their agenda is what they're gonna do (laughs) i mean you know
1: when you have when you take a cut over that's full of deer say hundreds and hundreds of deer out in about a thousand acres and then you just spray it and burn it and then you think you're gonna go out there and kill a deer later on
0: yeah (sniffs) wish you luck (laughs) same thing with fishing it's true man like uh, people don't people don't realize the amount of uh habitat that those rigs make you know i've my dad was involved in the artificial reef program growing up, and they always was a big whenever they put out an artificial reef. The big debate was was is is it going to uh, is it attracting fish or are you making more fish? And in my opinion, I think you're making more fish because if you're making more habitat, it just trickles up, and it makes them easier easier to live for the fish, easier to live for. You
1: know. I mean, they got everything already on video from the fish laying the eggs. They just don't have the male fish. They probably by now they do uh, fertilization of the eggs. They already got the hatchlings on all the platforms and stuff. It's an ecosystem. Yeah. And they just taking it out.
0: Yeah, it does suck. Every time I see a rig, man, one after the other, they keep going, and it's like that's a relic, right? You've
1: just been here for a short time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I
0: hear from all the older guys. You know, they tell me about. You know, you don't have no idea. Go look at the old charts. Yeah. Yeah. I have. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's every, yeah, it's crazy, man, up in C A twenty five, back up toward uh Mississippi and stuff, all them rigs in that fifty five foot of water, that was just awesome fishing up in there. Yeah. And then all the and they wonder why you don't have the bait and like we normally don't, don't have here. Is mm-hmm. they, they took you know, seventy five percent of all the rigs out for the hardtails and all the stuff to get around, so they took all that bait. So and you had all that fish and the fish left. Yeah. Period. Mhm. Well. So,
0: I definitely think there's some truth to that. There's, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> well, they, that's, they got fact about that. Right? <laughs> it's a fact. Yeah. It's hard to say it's not. <laughs> What's the biggest cobia you ever caught? You kind of caught any mass, masses? Because y'all do a lot of mangrove fishing and snapper fishing. Yeah, for the biggest
1: cobia was 82. Caught him out of around 305. Really? That's yeah. a massive one. Yeah. I'm never caught one that big. Yeah, he was. He was. He was big. And then the other ones. Uh, actually, Brandon Ballet was on the rig catching them. Was at one one thirty three, uh, west out one thirty three one day. Had some friends from uh, Georgia with me. Mean, Warren O'Neill was he was one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we dropped a hardtail down about hundred foot, and them whoppers would just wail on it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, yeah.
1: Uh, and then we had some sixties and some 70s and. I lost a three-hundred-dollar tackle box and the tackle box. He slapped the slop out of the boat, man. Just whacked it, <laughs> shot it out there. It just sunk like it just sunk out the dickens. I said,
0: oh, you know, shit happens, but yeah,
1: you know how Kobe is all. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. I really. Just, what about your biggest mangrove? I bet you got some schlobs. Oh and- man, mangroves is
1: just. Uh, I mean, that's contact fishing. Yeah, uh, but it's an art to it. A lot of people can't throw, you know, a lot of bait and can't feel. I've took, I've taken a lot of people fishing, good fishermen, mm-hmm. and it's taken a while to catch on to it. But uh, thirteen six, I think.
0: Thirteen six. Yeah, that's a man. That's a good one.
1: Yeah, that's nah, real good. Yeah, I'm gonna go further out west and further west and catch the big ones
0: yeah yeah you know I've always wanted that's one of the places on the map I haven't made it out to is like the like I like to dive a lot I see I know you probably see me carrying around my dive gear here and there but uh I want to go and that's. Des- I know you can't take anything but uh out there at the flower gardens I've never been out there before you gonna be in one of them statistics okay. on them divers, huh? <laughs> you don't like the diving? Hey, well,
1: just you, you got, ever done any of it? Don't no. I I was on I was on I was on off back in the early '80s, and I was on Cognac, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a diver going down and checking the legs out. Yeah, and uh, a jewfish swallowed him. What? It spit him out. How did <laughs> he lived to tell about it? Yeah, he come up. He I was on the plus ten. And as he got down about 150 foot, the fish come, he backed up, and there was, he could see the fish on both sides of the leg. Now, you tell me how big the fish was. The fish come around and swallowed him. Wow. But he, his mouth, you know, but he spit him back out.
0: Yeah. But the guy <laughs> would
1: come on up, and he tore all his gear and shit up, caught the bends when he come up because he was decompressing coming up so fast. Wow. And he hit the plus 10, you know, coming up, and it was a calm day. And uh, they had to put the little boat overboard and get him out, get him out the rig and shit. Holy moly! Yeah, that,
0: yeah, I don't need. That's to be a diving. pretty crazy yeah. story, man. Only I don't know. I, you know, I I grew up a lot different. My dad, I grew up on the water as well, but my dad, he always did the, uh, he, with the artificial reefs, we'd have to go out there once a month and go diving. So he had us all diving from the time we were ten years old. So it was just, it's just nonstop for me. You know, anytime yeah. I can get in the water, I'm I'm going with it. Tell us uh some about some Wahoo stories. stories man.
1: Oh man, me Mack the knife. God bless old Mac the knife. I've
0: heard of him. He was the guy that did all the fish cleaning down Mac here. Used huh? to, Mac
1: used to be the quarterback at Tulane when they had leather helmets. Really? When they had
0: leather helmets? Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> Cause look him up. He, uh, he, me and Mac, and who else? Oh, uh, Captain Rick Stifus. Captain Rick was with us. Okay. We was at the lump. We caught two nice yellows, and I said, hey, "Come on, let's go wild fish." So, I mean, it was probably about 50 boats at the lump. So, I mean, it was early, it was like 10:30. Mm-hmm. So, we haul, we hauled butt to the 93s. We We'd make a rap catch two, make a rap catch another one and, and go to, and we just kept bouncing them all the way to the 7s and come in. And We had like 13 and 13. Biggest one was 86 and and we most of them was all 70 pounds. They was just wow. like like cookie cutters, bro.
0: Wow. It was That's was some giants.
1: Oh, and then uh Mike was we was kingfishing out at uh south tim 138 148 by 86 foot of water uh, on some big greenies he we weighed him in kokudry uh he didn't fit in the 36 contender front box wow and uh he still had a foot and a half on the ground he was over 100 the scale pegged at 100
0: really see i don't actually even know the weight of no
1: i I fished that i figured i fished about 120 really yeah he was almost wow. he was almost 80 inches long
0: that's such a bummer you didn't get a weight on yeah, that thing?
1: 80 yeah 82 but yeah he was big but we've had we've had a bunch of them warren Neal's caught a couple over 100 with me really yeah that's, that's a
0: dream fish of mine as well that's one of those goals 100 pound kobe and 100 pound wahoo Man. yeah yeah
1: big big bait, big fish
0: yeah <laughs> that's yeah. what they say huh elephants yeah. eat peanuts too right well <laughs> um,
1: i'd still i'd still fish them live
0: yeah yeah, Live baiting, is that how you got them? Oh, absolutely. Well, king, I mean, king fishing, that's kind of well, the way you do it. Yeah.
1: Why are you – I mean, same reason why you're pulling bait up against the current on the upside Yeah, because they're going to hold up on the up current yeah, side. Yeah, it's going to hold up right so there. So, you know, once yeah. you – you know, once you you got know, much more chances when they, they go down no. catching with a live bait than you will with a yeah. shaky bait. I think
0: – I really think that with, with uh, bait fishing or fishing in general, if you're trying to catch a – Like, if you're trying to catch a big fish and you're in, like, a really hot bite, then you want to use a bigger bait. But if you're in, like, a really slow bite and you're not getting anything, might as well size down. That's the way I've always fished. But, like, if you're trying to catch something big and you're in a hot bite, I mean, if you're putting out the same size baits as everything else you're catching, it ain't going to grab anything else's eye, you know?
1: Well, (laughs) I know that. I mean, we was out there doing a show with Cabela's one time, we was putting, I had a a knot in one of the lines, and it was the first bay out the second morning and we were just outside the 24s stretching the line out before we even got to the rigs when they, all the rigs were still there and uh it was about a five or six hundred pound Mako ate the bait while I was messing with we didn't even, we was just a knot, one had one motor in gear just messing with it um. and the guy kept reeling <laughs> and the shark kept jumping toward the boat from the tension. And finally he had to cut the line because uh, he was about, I don't know, about 40 foot behind the boat doing double somersaults.
0: Wow. Yeah, <laughs> you can
1: YouTube that one on, on Cabela's too. <laughs> it was pretty freaky. That was a good one. But well, we caught a bunch of wahoo that day at, at the 93's. Mm-hmm. There was some nice ones.
0: Yeah. Wahoo fishing is probably one of my favorite fish, man. They they humble you, you know. (laughs) Why don't
1: you do some king fishing? I mean, customers like, I mean, light a line, 30, some 30-pound line, 40-pound line, live bait in the summertime. It it takes a lot off of it. There's a lot of them here, you know, some 40, 30, 45-pound fish. I mean, you can catch, you ain't got to keep them, you can release them. Yeah, it's It, that, that's, it is fun, that's, man. It is. It is. You get them in that frenzy, and they just go to sky and behind the boat. When you get one in the proper wash, about ten feet behind the motors, jump to like twenty foot in the air. Because there ain't nothing better than that. That's pretty yeah, wild. It sick. is awesome.
0: Yeah. I, I, the last time I was king fishing was actually with. Um, we it was during the faux pop about two, I don't know two years ago, and uh, you know I knew we were doing the faux pop tournament. and I kind of got excited because I used to do a lot of king fishing down out of Dolphin Island. And I was like, I kind of missed it, you know, because everybody down here, you know, nobody. There's so many other good things to catch. I guess people just turn a blind eye to them. But I, I really did enjoy it. We ended up taking second place too. We got one that was like 43 pounds.
1: I know. I remember that because yeah. we come in first with a 50. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, didn't realize ribs. it was yeah. that. Yeah. 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 How about that? Huh? <laughs> yeah. That
0: was pretty cool. Yeah. 50.5. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk some more about conservation. We'll wrap it up. Does that sound good?
1: Yeah. You, I, I, conservation is more of a lack of, uh you know, year. You don't see the. I mean, it's the eventually the beach will be the levee in Burris by I say five years.
0: Might be next year with a storm. Right. You know the. They have, so, you're talking about land erosion yeah, that's going right, on. that's
1: been going on since we, before we, before I was born. Right, right. Uh, the cane, the bugs, that's all washing away. It's just, it's working against us. The, actually, the core is working against us, how they're doing all the, the dredge work. Now, you know, they had an article last year, they did 10,000 acres. Well, they've been taking this crap out the river for the last 30 yeah. how much they could have done in the last 30 years if they wanted to do it.
0: If but, they wanted to. You're talking about whenever they dredge instead of just letting it float sediment, on down yeah. and as, pump it where we need it and put the sediment where we need it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, you
1: know, the, then the oyster uh, farmers up there and uh, Empire and stuff, all their stuff's dying. I mean, water level's sinking there. No, there's no estuaries. I think the uh, diversions, I think it was back... Uh, I think he ought to just fill in the levees, make the people rise, cut it like cut it like Key West. Think about this. Between here and Bell Chase, if you had, like, two or three spillways going through there with bridges going across, wow we.
0: You talk about fish. Man, I never thought about that, man. man. Bill, that's pretty interesting, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, you have to just cut go the back, river go off it— Go back and like put it used to be. Go put Tomorrow the river off like, somewhere
1: else. Leave the river like it was and let it go back, like, in the Oak, uh, Oak River— and going, but they never do it because people's all built back in there. But they fixing the canal through there. Yeah, I just think they put it yeah. in the wrong place.
0: You know, I had uh, I had a professor, a wetlands professor of uh, LSU, on a podcast a uh, uh, couple weeks ago, and one of the things I really took from what he said was uh, conservation and, and wildlife management is really about vegetation management. And making the land where it needs to, you know, where it needs to be, and I, you know, it's, there's a lot of truth to that. If you make more wetlands and all that stuff, everything else is gonna kind of follow suit, you know. And, uh well, you got to make it first. got to make it, yeah. He, he had a lot of, you know, I learned a lot of uh, uh, information about, you know, the way that they may actually can make wetlands. And, like, I didn't really know it, but uh, Cupid's Gap was just, you know, formed by somebody dragging oysters through there. And then it formed, you know, it, the river went through it, and that's it right. made a big old crevasse. And, I, you know, I didn't even know that. You know, that's there's right. – he said this land right here that we're sitting on wasn't even here 500 years ago. You know, that's just crazy to me. <laughs> because of all the sediment, yeah, oh yeah, it moves. moves that's yeah, right. It's constantly
1: moving. Yeah, we we'll go to Natchez and look across the river. You know, Natchez is all Louisiana is flat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all the good salt But it's 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 one of the, it's you know I think uh, it was a few years ago Mike and I or somebody really sent us an article. Venice is number thirteen on the to-do list as far as things to do in the United States is to come to Venice to catch tuna fish i mean venice is uh shit it was tuna. i saw
0: redfish and was on there somewhere too I yeah. Saw
1: yeah and then uh it was back in the uh, years ago espn you know it it was venice was in the top six in the world for fisheries i mean where can you go you can go out tuna fishing catch a tuna come in and catch limited redfish fish at southwest pass swing in and catch you some speckled trout if you want to even stop at the spillway you might even catch you some blue channel catfish and some bass in the same day (laughs) all in the same day man because
0: i tell that all the time it is amazing place man it really is i love it down here i love that you know what i love a lot about venice too is it's like a family in another sense you know everybody kind of whenever you're a captain or a fisherman everybody you got to look out for each other now it is clicky there's people you know on the different you know the different uh clicks and everything but overall, I feel like, you know, everybody kind of knows everybody, and it, it's it's fun. I really do enjoy it. Well, that. there
1: ain't much land as it used to. You couldn't hide, so y'all <laughs> all looking at each other while y'all fishing.
0: Yeah, You is. know, 10, yeah.
1: Years, 10 years ago, you wouldn't see half of them because they'd all be hiding in cane, po- cane pockets or ponds or stuff like that. Well, now shit's gone, so now everybody's on the edges. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you're going to have to, uh, I mean, the fish is going to run a bank. And then yeah. with all the cane disappearing, all the can um, it's just sinking so the fish are going up in the cane, so you're not going to get a whole lot of fish till the tide starts falling starts it's coming out yeah.
0: so yeah it, it's it's fishing's good so you think uh there's a lot of people like so let's talk about uh the speckled trout limit you know i talked to the carter brothers about this that you know they're talking about moving it down to 15 and uh you know Instead of it being 25, because they, you know, I guess somebody thinks that that's absurd or something. I don't know. Well, uh, what? It has to do with quotas, of course, you know, the uh, quotas and That's the, the Magnuson Stevenson Act. Right. And uh, what, do, what do you think about that? Do you think that they well, should. Well, the, uh, the
1: state has decided that the population of the trout is healthy. Yeah. From the last articles I've read about it.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. So
1: they don't see why they need to lead it. But,
0: I mean,. Uh, what do you think about the speckled trout limit i think it's
1: been back when we were kids we didn't have a limit
0: yeah you you had you know
1: what you catch today well we had four bushels of trout and one bushel of redfish
0: yeah (laughs) so
1: but the trout limit you know 25 fish it, it, it i'll leave it up to the captain and no. just let let him catch the the, the customers' limits and leave his on leave his in the water.
0: I think that's that's if they could do anything, that's one thing that I would be behind is them changing that to where the captains can't keep their limit too. I would I would be behind that fully, but you know, that, if, that's, you know if they want to so-called look at fish. Right, so I mean, I, and I think that with the speckled trout, the bigger problem is what you're saying is the the habitat loss is is the problem because they don't have these pockets of canes that keep that salty water where it needs to be. Nah, and so it, you know kind of right, all that stuff's gone, so it it uh look
1: between it, here and empire, Empire to ports offer, I mean, I grew a lot in Port offer. Mm-hmm. You know, from Port South all the way to Lafitte. I mean, we used to run from Lafitte back behind Port South with we 25 and 16 foot flat, gill net fishing, you know, mm-hmm. you know, strike net fishing Yeah. back in the 80s. And I mean, you had plenty of ponds and stuff you go through. Right now, I can leave out of here probably and a 36 foot contender go through the um, uh, yellow cotton, go through the wheel and run straight across Burris and come out in Grand Island and never even probably get off course.
0: yeah that's no good man we need some more habitat for these fish for sure you know and and like uh, just the way i feel about the speckled trout limit is i feel like for me 15 fish is enough so like i don't care one way or the other i would be happy after i catch my 15 trying to catch a bigger one or something like that and i and i do think that what the biggest thing with conservation is you know taking taking what you need and releasing the rest you yeah. know, for a recreational standpoint, you know, that's what we need to encourage people to do, I believe, so.
1: But if more, if more gods would take the attitude that, you know, catching fish is your yet. When you go out on a charter fishing trip, that's usually when you your camaraderie with your customers and what you, the, actually the, peop, the, the customers themselves is about being together and having fun and, and catching fish. is just a land
0: Yeah, that's the way I see. It. That's and why I that, try to. That's the audience that I try to attract that, for it, sure.
1: Well, that's that. That's I mean that should be the motto, to all the guides.
0: hmm yeah. The guides and the customers, yeah. and the customers, and I tell them that, you know, you're you're. Uh, your chart your their, their trip is already predetermined by their expectations so yeah. if their expectations are up here but well, they're probably going to have a bad trip if they even if they do knock it out the park because it ain't going to be enough you know,
1: good <laughs> lord's going to let you catch what he going let you catch yeah
0: yeah that's that's just the nature of it and yeah. uh yeah that's that's definitely true well bill i really do appreciate you sitting down with me and, and doing this episode of Tuna Town talks and uh I, I, I do appreciate it yay it goes. stick around <laughs> make you famous <laughs> thanks for listening everybody please give us a follow on Facebook or Instagram at Tunatown Talks also if you'd like to book a charter with me you can do so by visiting our website at mgfishing.com that's Mexican Gulf website where you'll find my online booking calendar with all my open dates and remember guys always be safe while out on the water